Hello and welcome to this episode of Raising Teens. And I'm joined today by Philip Gennardo and uh, Catherine Hill. And we've got a fascinating topic to talk about today. We've had an email from a mum who's written in and said, often when I'm together with other mums, the conversation revolves around setting boundaries of how much time is spent on screens and phones, or indeed whether we should be setting boundaries at all. We'd love to hear your thoughts and advice on this. Well, Catherine, do you, um, does that ring a bell with you at all? Or? Really rings a bell. Our children have grown now, and actually the issue was different for them when they were little. Yeah. But uh, I think this mum is raising an issue that we get asked every single week at Care for the Family. When we're on the road with our teenager events, uh, the one question comes back to digital technology, and particularly time. And children, teenagers, lounging on sofas, watching generally on laptops, but sometimes watching TV, on mobiles, and parents just not knowing how to get them off those and wanting them to do something else. And finding it's quite a disruption, really, to family life. Yeah. And actually, it's a, it's a very relevant question, because there's some research, isn't there, that, that the idea of them spending lots of time in front of a screen is not helpful in many ways. Oh, it's really not helpful. I mean, I think um, there's a lot of research at the moment about obesity in, um, in that generation. Mm. And so sitting on a sofa all day, not going outside, um, definitely contributes to that. Philip, what, how do you feel about it? Well, I, I think there's a, there's a bit of a tension, really, because uh, there are positive aspects to um, the kind of online world that our teenagers are living in. Mm. And one of them, I think, is that... Um, the whole way that they communicate, the way that they socialise, you know, it is social media. Um, and this has kind of come home to me recently um, quite forcefully because my eldest daughter has left home, gone to study, and actually she's keeping in touch with us yeah. through social media, through texting, through messaging, uh, almost on a daily basis. And, and we're discovering that actually it's, it's not all bad. It's, it's actually part of the way that her generation communicates with with each other and so it's trying to find the balance between helping them have a healthy lifestyle a healthy balance but also not criticizing and failing to understand the way that they communicate with one another and the kind of the lives that they live online that's so right i think uh, that the whole issue of technology really meets teenagers developmental needs so Teenagers want to look cool, they want to impress their peers, they want to be a bit removed and establish their identity away from us as their parents. And it's so much easier to do that through texting rather than sort of little notes shoved in somebody's hand um, outside the bike shed at school or however else we used to have to do it. So you can see why our teens want to be on technology a lot of the time. And actually, I don't know if you agree with this, but, but in, can I say, our, ge our generation, yeah, let me Your generation. <laughs> I think in, 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 in our, our generation, in our class, you had uh, the kids that were very sociable and were surrounded by friends, and, and then you had others that found it hard to make relationships. But I think social media opens that up to a much wider variety of child, doesn't it? So there are lots of, uh, lots of positives there. But let's try and give this mum some some positive advice. Now, I just want to pick up on, I think something you said, Catherine, about the whole obesity thing. The challenge of parenting, isn't it, is when to back off and when to push a little. But it, it is worth, isn't it, getting our kids involved in activity, whatever it is, 
outside of, of, of that screen time just to encourage them in that? How, how, would, how could they do that? Well, absolutely. So I was talking to a mum just yesterday and her, it was someone who was at the... I think there's different things we can do when they're kind of 13, 14 and it's a different issue when they're the other end of the teenage years. But this was a kind of 13-year-old who was spending most of his day doing Minecraft yeah. and this mum was tearing her hair out. And she said, what can I do? You know, he's on it the whole time. And we talked about the opportunity for encouraging him to do things that were more exciting or as exciting as doing, because Minecraft is exciting. That's, that's why they're doing it. Um, and we talked about the fact that that would probably mean a bit more effort from her. So she might have to get in the car and drive him to football or whatever else it was that they were, that they were going to do. But that actually gave the opportunity within the however you arrange your family life to do those other things and preferably things outside the home. Philip, can we just pick that up a second? I think sometimes when our kids are in the teen years, we need some help from other adults as long as we trust them. To help in this kind of thing, it could be a sports coach, it could be a teacher, it could be a youth leader, and perhaps this is specifically relevant to single parent mums and dads because it's just hard work. We need someone to come alongside to help get our kids involved in some some other stuff. Yeah, and I think sometimes we can be guilty of actually allowing the screen time to be a little bit of a digital babysitter yeah. for our children because it it actually makes our job easier. There's less demands on our time. And so making sure that we don't develop bad habits ourselves, but are prepared to, to make the sacrifices, put in the energy that we need to do in order to do the harder thing, which is not virtual, not online, but out in the real world. Philip, just stay with you for a moment on that. We, we've talked a lot about the positive aspects of social media, but, but give us a, another strategy to help parents protect, you know, kind of the amount of time their kids spend in front of screens. Sure. Well, I think... Uh, as with so many things with teenagers, it's all about how we negotiate with them, how we bring them in on the, the discussion. And the rationale, the reasons that we give for the decisions that we want to come to. And so I think actually having certain times and contexts where we all agree we won't have our screens, we won't have our phones. So in our family, we've had um, a kind of a pretty strong... Um, decision that we will protect meal times and family times and actually if we are going to be watching a film together um, I'll say respect the film we're going to be watching this we're going to engage because you want to help your children not just live um, somewhere else but to be present in the moment and so coming up with a, a strategy um, and I think actually meal times is a fairly standard one you know we want to be able to talk um, and that sometimes means that you have to get out of your bad habits as well because you know we're all busy and it's so easy to just go through a couple of emails yourself on your phone during during the the meal time and I have actually been caught by my children and told off because I'm breaking my own rules so establishing certain I guess safe zones um, or it may be at the the end of the evening where you say right after 10 o'clock no more internet or, or phone and again you have to abide by that too okay so encouraging them to get out, outdoors a bit. We're, we're establishing safe zones. Catherine, give us something else. Well, just on that, I think we can um, make the technology work for us. So it's possible to set your um, internet settings. So they do, isn't it, come on and off at particular times as well. So making those things work for us. I do think that's really an important point. You know, it's one thing to talk about screen time between the time they come home from school and the time they go to bed. But 
uninterrupted screen time whilst they're in their bedrooms on their own, connected to the internet, especially in the younger years, is incredibly dangerous, obviously. And the idea of being able to switch off the internet at night, I think, is a powerful one. But it's worth thinking about, isn't it? There are real dangers here, aren't there? No, there really are. Uh, you know, and it's worth thinking through and just checking on our website, checking out the Vodafone website about the different controls that we can have that protect the content of, of what we see. I mean, this mum is concerned more about the time, but yeah. we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be blind yeah. um, to that. We have quite an advantage. We live in a house with really thick walls and the internet doesn't work upstairs, however <laughs> hard we've got, which is really annoying for us, but actually that's quite good for yeah. our... Teens. But I think uh, also, the, Philip was talking about agreeing things, and I think having that discussion, talking about what are our family values yeah. and how they then um, translate into the time on screens yeah. and the other things yeah. that we do. Some families I know in the evening have an agreement, and again, we're talking about the the younger end you know it's not appropriate when they're older because we need to be equipping them to make these good choices themselves but they have a, a place where everyone charges their phones and laptops or whatever at night which isn't in in the bedroom so but I think the important thing is we, we try and agree it together. It's not us imposing something. And actually, if we do that when they're younger, the younger end of that, and if, and if we've got kids who, who aren't yet teenagers, it's a great time to begin building those habits in, isn't it? That's, but I, I, like that. I, I like that idea very much. Just going back to what you said earlier, if parents want some help on that whole protection thing, you found the Vodafone website's very good on that, and of course we've got stuff on our Care for the Family website uh, uh, as well. Absolutely. There is one more topic I want to come back to, which is going to make you both squirm in your seats. But before we do anything else you want to, to share on this thing, any uh, ideas that we, we well, might have I, missed? I think you can literally turn off the wireless at the wall um, at 10 o'clock, or you can have it so that it's automatically done um, in your settings. But it doesn't rule out the, um, the mobile data that they have. And so we as parents have made a decision that we will keep control of our children's phone plans. So I pay the bills and that means that we don't give them unlimited access to 3G, 4G okay. mobile data. But um, in a sense, they've got their uh, amount for the month and once it's gone, it's gone, which means that they are motivated to not just use up um, mobile data, 4G, uh, willy-nilly, but there's, there's, a, there's a definite cap on it. Okay, so I'm going to put you both on, on, on the spot. All this is very well, but are you both good examples in this area? I'm going to go to you, Philip, because I sense that you're not that good. No, I'm, I'm a fantastic <laughs> example. I'm, I'm faultless. I, I think it is a challenge, and I, I think it's a helpful challenge because what we see as a negative thing in the lives of our teenagers is very often a reflection of something which is... Um, a possibility for negativity in our own lives mm. and you can't you can't lay down the law if you're not keeping it yourself and so I think we have to we have to think long and hard what are our values and then not only agree with them with our children but live them ourselves. Do you know a, a mum said to me the other day that she really finds it difficult when they're watching television you mentioned this earlier together but her husband is constantly on his phone and she says it gives me the sense that he's not with us. Mm. He's present, but he's not actually with us. Okay, confession time for you, Catherine. How good at you are this? That's me. I'm not bothered about TV. I don't really watch TV much, but I do love my phone. And uh, when we've had family nights when they were younger, I would be there 
either on my laptop or my phone, just to do my emails because I wasn't really interested in what was on the screen. And that, in hindsight, was a rubbish example. And they used to often say, Mum, come on, you know, watch this with us. And so it is true that they will watch what we do. They'll see if the first thing we do when we come in the house is, you know, check the phone, check the emails. And life's busy and we live in a digital world and that has to happen. But just to know that the bottom line on all this is the example that we set. Okay, so a confession from me as well. My wife, Dan, said to me one night, we'd been watching television together, she said, Rob, in this room, there is a phone and a goldfish bowl. If you don't turn it off, they're going to get together. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Raising uh, uh, Teens. We, we hope you've enjoyed it. And, and thanks to Philip and Catherine uh, as well. If you've got a, a topic you'd like to discuss, uh, let us know. If we choose it, we'll, we'll send you a free copy of my book, Teenagers, What Every Parent Has to Know. But for now, goodbye from Philip and Catherine and myself, and we really hope you join us next time. You have been listening to the Raising Teens podcast. For further information about our courses, resources, and events, visit us at carefortheFamily.org.uk.